This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. All right. How are you getting on? You well? You well? You good? How's things? Are you dry? I'm not. Because it was raining outside, pissing down. It's been raining since you left me. And now I'm drowning in the flood. Fucking unreal song. It's always by Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi, maybe you heard of him. But no, it's very wet outside. Slippery when wet. Another Bon Jovi album. My brain's just fucking getting fired up right now. Do you see it happening in real time? All the cogs start creaking. That's where my brain's working right now. Wet, wet, slippery when wet. Raining, uh, raining like cats and dogs. They were fighting like cats and dogs. Uh, cats, cats are sexy. Dogs are men. Uh, you know? Um... It's it, that's the key. Some people say, Tony, how do you do so many podcasts? Um, they're all shite. <laughs> that's the key. Uh, say anything um, all the time. That's my, that's my motto. You know? <laughs> Where does raining like cats and dogs come from? Hang on. Mr. Google. Mr. Google shush. Um, raining like cats and dogs. The English language idiom, raining cats and dogs or raining dogs and cats, uh, is used to describe particularly heavy rain. It is of unknown etymology. <laughs> what? It is of unknown etymology. So no one knows why we say it. Bin it! Bin it! Sorry, can I get, can I, can I get the president for Colleen bin liners in, please? Hello there, I've just got a new uh, idiom for you here. Yeah, yeah, raining like cats and dogs. If you don't know why we're saying it, then bin it! Although... Me, uh, people in glass houses should not throw stones. I don't know why I say stuff all the time. I don't know why I say stuff. I cannot stop saying, who is she? Whenever I see something particularly interesting on the TV to Terry. It could be like an ad for KFC, you know, and it's like a little bit of crispy chicken on. It could be just a man walking down the road in a kilt. We were watching the Six Nations Netflix documentary and one of the lads had a kilt and I was like, who is she? You know, um, great respect to the Scots. Um, don't, but I, again, I don't know why I say that. So how how am I who am I to throw stones um, at anyone? But the biggest who is she moment of the weekend had to come from right. We we finally brought Sonny to the barbers. Right, he's three and three and a half. He'd be four in May. Right. Um, so yeah, more than that. Right, and we've never cut his hair. He's had long. He's a little rat king. Right. He looks, and I love it. I think he looks amazing. I love his, his little Joe Dirt aesthetic, right? His little, you know, radical Mondo Gecko dirtbag vibe, right? I'm, I dig it. Um, he's just like, a, you know, he's just a boy. Just like looks like a little scrappy boy. And I've always liked that, you know? But we were combing his hair and it was getting, it was getting all knotty. He's constantly flicking it out of his eyes. You know, all he wants to do is just, you know, run run around the room, you know, and be able to see. He just wants to be able to see where he's going when he runs over to eat a dishwasher tab. Do you know what I mean? So we're like, we need to do something about this, you know. I know we're getting a good buzz off having a long-haired boy and being super woke, you know, but he can't see where he's going and he's got knots in his hair. And everyone's calling him a girl, which I also don't mind. Um, and I don't think he minds, you know. Um but we thought just, you know, time for a change. So we brought him to Kitty Cuts uh, in the Frascati shopping centre. 
Um, and I couldn't recommend highly enough. Sharon was an absolute delight. She was so good with him. Um, not that he's, you know, he was freaking out or anything. Sat him, sat him in a plane. He's there watching Sing. And I'm like showing her all these pictures of like uh, cute boys on my phone uh, with like Justin Bieber hairs. We thought we didn't want to go too short, something in the middle. So I'm showing like, you know, little emo boys, hairdos, you know, enough to play with. Um, but, you know, we didn't want any kind of like razor cut, whatever like that. You know, I see, I suppose it's no different from me. You know, when you see the young fellas with like the tight fade and the line all the way down from their eyebrows shaved and you see the dad and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, cool. I get it. You know, I had him rock, rocking my long haired dirtbag look for a while. So I get it. Um, but we cut his hair. And oh, my God. It's like having a new boy that you love so much. It's a, it's I can't describe it. I'm just fucking staring at him like a creep. Me and Terry were actually just staring at him and he looked up from his yogurt and he's like, what? And, you know, we were just creeping him out. We purposely sat him in front of a long movie so we could just stare at him, watch the movie. <laughs> you know, we're like, who is he? I cannot look. I'm probably not going to have a third child, but I think I don't ever need one because I can just, I'm going to keep growing their hair and quit getting a cut short. I can't describe the feeling of just, you know, when you get a good haircut and, um, and like you're, you're kind of checking out every reflection on the way home from the barbers or the hairdressers, you're like, hmm? You're, you're, you're like staring in the windows of cars even though you know someone's in the driving seat because you're so fucking thirsty for a reflection you don't even mind that you're creeping this person out you're like fixing your hair you know that now imagine that but like you weren't in control of your own reflection your reflection was like an elusive thing that you couldn't see all the time that's kind of what it's like we're constantly trying to just fucking look at him kind of freaked him out a little bit my mom was like is he happy and I was like yeah he's not very happy with us though you know, I think he's getting a bit freaked out. Um, and, I, you know, and I was actually a bit fucking thick with him in the morning. Um, and I was just tired. I I, I did. I stayed up too late playing UFC 5. Um, just sparking out lads. Sparking out lads all night. I'm like, just one more scrap. Just one more scrap. I just want one more fucking knockout. Like, what's wrong with me? I'm staying up late bashing lads. I'm waking up grumpy. My young fella. And all he is is just a ray of sunshine. Um... So I was a bit thick because I was tired. And then I was just like, I was treating him like a king. I was like, can I get you anything? <laughs> you know, who is she? Who is she? He's stunning, stunning young fella. Um, so I highly recommend getting your, your, your kid's haircut. It's a wonderful experience. They give you the hair. We're not really into that shit. Give me your teeth, you know. What am I, the bone collector? No, thank you. Um... I'm not really into any of those kind of keepsakes, really. Um, although his granny was asking for his hair. Weird, weird. But whatever, respect it, you know. She does enough for us that I'll give her my son's hair. <laughs> um, so I highly recommend that. And if I'm ever getting a bit, I think now, I was even saying, saying to Terry, I think if I'm ever getting like fucking wound up in the morning, I'm going to be like maybe compulsively, we're going to the barber. No, no, we're getting you a haircut. You know? Daddy's fucking wound up. I need to see you in a new do. All right? But Daddy, I already have a number fucking one back inside. Well, you're going to number zero. You're going to number zero. <laughs> Daddy stayed up late bashing, lads. <laughs> I need a new... I need a new reality. So, yeah. 
What else? Uh, I went to the Friends Experience. Um, which is good. Which, no, I'm not going to lie. Oh, firstly, I want to thank Rob Kenny PR for sending me free tickets, VIP tickets, for VIP tickets for the Friends Experience, um, which is still available until February 25th. But I will say this. I, did, I, I had a great time, um, but I, thought was, I didn't think it was very good, I have to say, with the greatest respect to its very free gift that I was given. Thank you very much. I'd say if you want, if you're if you're someone who's maybe thirsty for a profile pic for your Tinder or Bumble or Grinder of you, you know, maybe playing foosball in the boys' apartment from friends, hey, get the cheapest ticket and go there. You know, you will be able to do that. You know, um, there was just something about it. There was something about. I'll tell you. Uh, well, also, I, I'll tell you. I, I was also a little bit of a more, when I went there, I was maybe a bit more self-aware than I normally would be. We smoked a big split before we went in, right? And um, and it was too strong. It was too strong. Far too strong. <laughs> it was, you know, I think we actually kind of blacked in. I think we smoked it, walked into the light, and then blacked in while we were all of a sudden in Central Park, you know? My mate was playing uh, the guitar on the stage, and I'm like, "What just happened?" <laughs> you know, um, you know, we blacked, black, we walked into the light, saw the cheetah made of geometric stars, smelly cat, and then all of a sudden we're just there in Central Park, and it was cool, kind of seeing the props. Look, I'll give you a little, little play by play. I do love Friends. I love Friends, um, and then they show this video, this like video to explain what you're going to see. It wasn't very good, I have to say. Had a voiceover from Janice, which she's a very funnily annoying voice. That's a, that's a really funny thing. And it was really loud. Just in case all 50 people, there was only four of us, you know, couldn't hear it. Um, you know, it was all like, flash photography is permitted. <laughs> you know, uh, no eating, no running, and absolutely no smoking. Not a very good Janice. Oh, my God. You know. Um, and I had, and also what was weird about it was they had a kind of introduction video and it was all like, there's Ross, Phoebe, Rachel, Chandler. And I was like, you know, if this had been made two weeks later, they would have had some sort of like Chandler, you know, because he's dead because Matthew Perry's dead. So that felt a bit like, oh, wow, this is because I actually thought this is going to sound awful, right? After Matt, I really, I wanted to see the Friends experience for a while, ever since I heard it was there, you know, that you could go to all the, you know, see some props, see some replica sets. Um, that seemed really exciting. And then when I heard Matthew Perry was dead, I was sad. And then the second thought I had was, I wonder if more people are going to go to the Friends experience, you know? And I kind of thought they would. Like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. Friend, everyone's talking about Friends. But then I also thought, oh, fuck, maybe they won't. Because when I saw that video, I was like, Oh, this makes me sad, you know. It makes me sad that he's that he's dead. Because I I I couldn't watch a Robin Williams movie, Robin Williams movie, for like a good five years, maybe four years after he died. And now I kind of just can watch them, and I don't really think about it too much, you know. The work is the work. Um, but I'm kind of still in a period of mourning for Matthew Perry, so that was a bit weird. That I was just like, <laughs> and and of course Chandler, <laughs> you know. All right. You know, and then anyway, so we're in the holding area. That's really loud because obviously it's 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 
catered for, you know, a room of 50 people that are all talking, not four lads um, ter- stoned and terrified, you know. Um, so then uh, this woman kind of says, like, all right, everyone, welcome to the Friends Experience. Are you ready? And the four of us are like, yeah. She talking to you. She, I, you know, she's shouting. Is she shouting? Or am I just it's really good at hearing right now for some reason? Can I? Can you hear my heart? You know, that kind of, we weren't freaking out, but we're not far off. And then we're just kind of thinking like, oh, you're just going here. No one's going to talk to us again. And then she's all like, okay, do you have your ticket? And everyone looked over at me and I'm like, uh, yeah. And like I showed her my phone and she goes, still on the microphone. No, the one you were given as you came in. And I was like, uh, and I'm wearing two coats, by the way. I'm wearing like a jacket, a jacket can. And like a, a, a jacket over that. So like it could be an, it could be in any one of the 12 pockets that I currently have. Really, realistically. And I, and I, there's no rhyme or reason. My phone could be in any pocket at any time. And I'm like, ah. Uh, and there was five QR codes. And I'm like, ah. Uh, uh, and I was just like, not that one. <laughs> like, what is this? And I was like, you don't need the microphone for this. You don't need the microphone. You just put your hand over the microphone and just be like, you know. Obviously, if I told her, super high right. You need to be nice to me because I'm super high right now. Okay. You need to be nice to me, all right? After just watching the video with Chandler and I'm sad and I'm high and I, you're shouting at me, but <laughs> she wasn't shouting, you know? Um, and then I'm still looking for the ticket and then Monica's door, instead of opening like the way a door moves, like slid across and some lad popped his head out. I was like, are they coming? And she goes, don't open the door. And this guy just closed the door again. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Eventually I find the right QR code. He opens the door and there is the iconic Couch, but it's not really, it's not, you know, it's not the couch. Um, but the props department did put it there, uh, orange couch there, looked kind of like it. And then this lad was like, All right, sit down there, we're going to take your photo. Are you ready? Three, two. And I'm like, Oh my God, I hope you've got enough uh, red ink for the fucking eyes on the four of us here. Like, eh, <laughs> terrified. And then, you know, we're kind of not, we're in that kind of like early kind of like, it just hit us kind of vibe where you're not yet communicating telepathically. So we're like, are we doing a silly one or are we doing a serious one? So you just have four scared, pale boys on the iconic friends couch. Then they moved us through to like some of the props, right? And they had like six mannequins with iconic friends outfits. Um, And I don't think we recognized a single one of the items of clothing. And they also didn't, they weren't, they weren't the real clothes because they were not very well tailored. They didn't have Rachel's dress. Maybe that would have been a good one from the, you know, the cushions episode where they're all in the apartment getting ready for Ross's thing or even Phoebe's hummus dress. They had just like a, they had her cowboy jacket with the kind of like uh, uh, the fucking the fringing on it. You know, they had Joey's iconic vest. They didn't have like, Mo- what would Monica's iconic outfit be? Like her chef smock or something. You know, uh, the one where they dumped the sauce on. And just thinking, just brainstorming here. Couldn't recognize a single one of them. Matthew Perry had like some bowling shirt on that kind of looked like what he would wear. And there was a pair, there was a bouquet of white um, roses at his thing, which I thought was a nice sign of respect. Then when they went over and there was like a glass case of the scripts with the, the first scripts, the most cheaply printed thing. I'm not having to go. Rob, again, thank you very much for the tickets. But I love friends. And if you're charging this kind of money for people, other people. Anyway, they had printed scripts and you could tell, you know, sometimes when your printer runs out of ink 
And then all of a sudden it becomes a kind of a yellow, kind of a luminous, kind of, there's a luminous kind of halo around some of the writing. That was around every single one of the scripts that was on this alleged actual script. They'd printed off the scripts and printed off the signature, maybe from a JPEG, and just put it behind a glass case. Then there was a glass case of uh, Hugsy the Bear. There was a rotating mannequin head of Rachel, the Rachel hair, haircut. Um, it's weird. And all the writing was kind of weird. There was a good diagram of all the relationships people had been in, you know, um, the kind of through lines of each relationship people had been in. Turns out Phoebe's actually had a lot more lovers than Joey, believe it or not. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then you go into the boys' apartment. That was quite cool, right? And then you could kind of relax a little bit. There was a little bit less eyes on you at this point, which was ideal for us. Um, and and actually, do you know what was a great detail? They had the um, the the remember Joey built the kind of the the unit, the TV unit that like blocked both of their doors. Actually, seeing the unit blocking the doors made me laugh out loud. Just to see it in the room, to understand the scale of the massive thing that he had made. And I had you know with the cabinet doors closed and the the hockey stick in it. You know before the apartment gets robbed, um, with the hockey stick in it, which I thought was great. Um, so that was quite good. And it was weird and kind of surreal walking around. You could stay in there for as long as you wanted until you until you couldn't because they were like, you have two, two more minutes. So we had to then run through the rest. Um, girls' apartment was good. They'd re- like built a replica of like the, you know, the, the TV console, the cabinet that Joey makes. And like just seeing it literally block both doors, just so funny. Like to understand that scale and to see it blocking both doors at the same time, it's just so funny. They even had like the doors closed with a hockey stick in it. Joey's in there, presumably. As the episode, the couch you could you could sit you could sit on the on the kind of lazy boys, but the legs didn't flip up, and I understand that you know they were probably anticipating thousands of people sitting on that couch every single day, and they you know it's not going to handle the hinges. They're kind of oh, but a missed opportunity, I have to say, um, and it's kind of fun just to hang out there, you know, hang out behind the counter, you know, there there would always be someone behind the counter talking to the rest of the boys, um. The girls' apartment was pretty cool. The kitchen was actually really nice. You can understand why Monica really, you know, she kept a good kitchen. That was nice. Good detail. Um, no ugly naked guy when you looked at the window. So that was a bit annoying. But, you know, fine. Um, and yeah, the rest of it was fine. Central Perk was, was a bit fun. Actually walking into the back area of Central Perk, you know, you see those people in the background sitting under the lamps, you know, behind behind the iconic friends. They'd normally be in the front with the couch. Um and the people couldn't have been nicer. The staff taking photos of everything. Every time you took your phone out, they were like, I'll take, I'll take that photo for you. Everyone was a legend, including your one on the microphone. And then by this stage, I'd stopped freaking out a little bit. Um, but then the merch section was just so weird. It was just like no actual friends, like no actual friends merch, only exclusively the friends experience merch. You know, logos with chicks and ducks that aren't exactly the chicks and the ducks from the TV, from the show different chicks and ducks, like Canva clip art chicks and ducks. You could buy a Hugsy, you know, but Hugsy was a little too late in the season for me to, for it to be iconic, to be perfectly honest. Um, lanyards. Um, so yeah, that was my, that's my review. <laughs> I feel like I ran out of steam there. No, but it was, uh, I was fucking freaking out when we went in. Wouldn't recommend that. 
Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. Every week you'll hear tales of mythic Irish gods, Arthurian knights, or Norse Vikings. There is folklore from Ireland and around the world, and even historical legends like Brian Baru and Grainne Whale. Whether from poetry or prose, lyric or legend, if there is a good story at the heart of it, you'll find it here. I'm Kevin C. Olihan. I'm your host and fireside bard. With over 150 episodes and rising, there has never been a better time to join us by the fireside. Uh, what else going on? Bambi Thork. For Ireland! For Ireland! Bambi Thug with Doomsday Blue. I fucking love this song and I'm so delighted. Thank you everyone who voted for this song. I think this song is the best song that we've sent in 27 years. 26 years. Since 1997 when we came second. We came first in 96. We came second in 97. I don't remember the song actually in 97. I mean, I'm sure if I heard it, I'd, I'd immediately recognize it. But um, I think this is better than Jedward when we sent them. Um, uh, Ryan Dolan. Uh, Dustin. And then I don't think he can probably name another one, to be honest. Um, Mickey Joe Hart, maybe. But it's better than all of those. I think this is super interesting, super progressive, genre-bending, gender-bending, uh, exactly the sort of... I mean, when I did the live along, the live watch-along last year with Killian and Shane and Fanula uh, in the Sugar Club, we were going fucking apeshit for the fucking... Ja, 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 you know? And I think having metal elements is just a really interesting... I think a lot of people will watch the Eurovision and vote for a song that wouldn't be their first choice of music that they would listen to all the time. I think a, a great Eurovision song has that detail of its... It has the element of, like, you watch it first and you're like, oh, this is interesting. And then there's some hook or some chorus or some drop that you just go, hang on, what? This is unreal. And then a big fucking crazy ending. In this case, it's a crazy, you know, screamo metal bit. And it's awesome. I love this song. And I'm so glad it was voted. And you know what? I think it's forced me to change my perspective of, I think I need to have a bit more confidence and a bit more faith and a bit more respect for my fellow man, woman and envy in that I really thought that people were going to vote for the boy band. And like, you know, young lads, make. I hope they make it big. And I hope one of them pops up as like a star and be like, oh, he was in that Louis Walsh-backed boy band, you know, in 2024. Next in line, you know. I'm sure they've got great um, futures ahead of them. Um, and that's just the thing you do. You know, you're in a boy band for a while, then you might not be. Then you might be in a different boy band. Either way, I thought they were going to vote for the boy band or Erica Cody um, because Erica Cody was uh, on Dancing with the Stars, well-known, well-liked. I like Erica Cody. Um, I just thought the song was, uh, I don't think, I just don't think we're doing that 80s thing anymore. I think the 80s thing is a bit over, you know. Um, I think now music is starting to sound a little bit more, if you're doing a throwback pop thing, make it a bit more artificial drum machines that you have in like Alanis Morissette songs. Do you know what I mean? Um, or or skip the 90s altogether and have pop sound like Paramore songs, like Olivia Rodrigo does. You know, I don't think we're really doing that 80s thing anymore. I'm so glad The weekend had a, such a good time with uh, blinding lights and all that stuff. Um, but we're not doing that anymore. Anyway, not having a dig. She's an amazing performer and uh, probably would have been the most one of the most competent performers on the stage. But I just don't think the song was good enough. Anyway, Bambi Thug, um, non-binary uh, rock freak. <laughs> I love it. 
I love them. Uh, I think I really thought this would be too too different. I might even say progressive because, you know, uh, too different for the Irish audience or especially the late, late audience to get behind. I was on Ray Darcy on the Friday as a quote-unquote Eurovision expert. Um, I had a great time. And I was really pushing hard for Bambi Thug. But I was saying that I didn't believe that they were going to get the vote. I thought it was going to be something that was a little bit more conservative. But every single time, no, not every single time, because they have voted some fucking clangers in the last few years, right? Um, although the selection wasn't great, Wild, Wild Youth's year, with the greatest respect to your one who lived out in that, Aaron Moore. There was one great song um, by some girl who had made it in her bedroom. Anyway, when it, sending Bambi Thug is not the same as the marriage or abortion referendum, but every time I think I know one way something's going to go, and I assume it's going to be the more conservative option, it's always the more progressive option. And I think I need to have a bit more respect. And it made me think about why do I think? Why do I think that Ireland is a super... Why do I feel like it's a conservative country? Because like, given the time to show up, it's shown up as a progressive country, you know? As a progressive, open, you know, empathetic, compassionate country. Um, So why do I think that? And I really think it comes down to representation on the on the telly in the same way that I didn't think it should have been on the late late. I was like, oh, if it's on the late late, if this if this Eurovision competition is on the late late, it's going to attract the late late audience. And I thought I knew who the late late audience was, um, which was maybe people who are looking for something a bit more comforting and looking for something a bit more conservative. Um, but I don't think that's true. And I don't think that's what the late late is, to be honest. And I think I've got it wrong, to be if I'm being honest. I think I've been having a couple, a lot of digs at the late late. Uh, I wish it was a bit more uh, interesting, um, or a bit more dynamic. Or do you know what it is? I wish I just wish that they treated the toy show with at the spectacle that it is. Um, I wish they wrote better jokes. Uh, I wish that the set pieces were thought out better. I wish they they flew in a fucking team to write for it. Um, and they were trying to outdo themselves. Maybe that's not what fucking kids want. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a fucking grumpy shit. But I did, it did make me think of why would I think that? And I think that comes down to, I think it comes down to RTE. So I have to wonder where is this disconnect coming from? It's probably me, to be honest. Probably me. It's either me or our elected officials don't represent us. That could also be something, you know. And that Joe Duffy is one man with access to a phone line and people with very few fucks left to give uh, give them on Joe Duffy. And somehow, in the same way, Joe Duffy's almost become, you know, everyone is going off on Twitter about this thing. And then you read the comments and it's like, this person with zero followers, a picture of an egg, uh, you know, says... But should we really be sending satanic imagery to Malmo on our behalf? You know, there's also loads of people being like, fucking slay, slay. So I don't know. It's probably me, to be honest. Uh, it's probably me. I think I need to. I think I think it was, well, you know what? <laughs> it wasn't the abortion referendum. It wasn't it wasn't marriage equality. It was when they sent Bambi Thug to Sweden to sing a song for Ireland that I realized Um that we are what we are.
Anyway, listen, I love you so much. And if you'd like to come see me live, I'd love to see you. I would love my show Litterbox is coming to a venue near you. Actually, I'm going to read out the dates. I'm going to read out the dates. Talk amongst yourselves there one second. One second there. I'm going to talk, talk amongst yourselves there. I am coming to Vicker Street on the 5th of April, Friday the 5th of April. I am coming to Hoth in the Abbey Tavern on Thursday, April 18th in uh, the Dreacton Blanche on Friday the 19th of April, Thursday the 25th of April. I'm in the Whale in Greystones. I'm also there the next night on the 26th, Friday the 26th of April in the Whale. Uh, May the 2nd in Dolan's in Limerick, uh, Friday, May 3rd, Cypress Avenue, Cork, and then I'm back in Dublin in Vicker Street on June 14th. I'll hopefully be out in Galway. I'll hopefully be out in London and um, Belfast and Derry to those uh, to those dates. So please go to Linktree, linktr.ee forward slash Tony Har, um, or just go to my Instagram where you can see all that good shit. Thank you very much for listening to this pod. Um, all the best. Bye-bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.